This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. They say wisdom comes with age, and our nation's older generation has a lot of great advice to share. We'll talk to an expert who says we all need to tap into this hard-earned knowledge before it's gone. They've experienced almost every problem a human being can experience, and in that sense, they are the credible experts on how to live well through hard times and how to deal with life's difficult problems. Then, as America's unemployment crisis continues, you may be asking, where did the jobs go? Most new jobs are created by new businesses with new ideas, taking chances. That's the kind of thing we really need to encourage. Those two interviews and a lot more are coming your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. Our show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Those who grew up in the Great Depression are becoming fewer in number each year. When this older generation has passed, what kind of loss will our nation face? in terms of the advice and wisdom they can offer us about thriving and surviving in a difficult world. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is here with a look. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Dr. Carl Pillimer, a leading gerontologist at Cornell University and founder and director of the Cornell Institute for Translational Research on Aging. He spent the last three decades researching America's elders, and he recently completed a book called 30 Lessons on Living, Tried and True Advice from the Wisest Americans. Now, for this book, you talked to 1,000 of America's elderly for some sage advice as they discussed their own experiences with marriage and work and parenthood. Why should younger generations care? You know, it's only been about the last 100 years or so that people haven't gone to the oldest person they knew to ask for advice. So this is a time-honored and cherished tradition of going to older people and asking for advice for living. It's something that we've lost in our contemporary society in which older people tend to be kept apart from younger people. I'll say, too, that these are folks who've been through war, they've been through poverty, they've experienced almost every problem a human being can experience. And in that sense, even though we might not go to them to reprogram our DVD player, I think they are the credible experts on how to live well through hard times and how to deal with life's difficult problems. What's changed in the past hundred years that we no longer go to those sources we once did? You know, in part, uh, we have the Internet, we have our public media, and we have a whole host of pop psychologists and self-help books. But I think there's a bigger problem, and that's that we tend to stratify and segregate older people out of our lives, except in our families, people aren't informally interacting with older people. And I think that we've lost a lot of the wisdom they can share. I'd add to that that it's especially urgent right now to try to capture the life wisdom of the oldest Americans, because quite honestly, they're very soon going to be all gone. So we have only a very small amount of time to tap this incredible treasure of practical advice for younger people. Let's touch on some of that advice. First, how about some thoughts about living longer and a healthier life? That's a great question. And what the elders would like younger people to think about is this. Live like you're going to need your body for a 100 years. And what they say is you're really not being honest with yourself if you say, 
It's fine if I smoke. It's fine if I drink excessively. It's fine if I'm a couch potato because the worst that's going to happen is I might drop dead a few years earlier than somebody else. In fact, they say that's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is you're going to be left with 10 or 20 or more years of chronic disease leading a miserable life but still being alive. And so what they want you to do is think over the long term as you make health decisions realize that lots of people are going to need their body for 80, 90, or 100 years. Another area that these folks placed a lot of value on is the importance of social connections. Yeah, you know, as we get older, especially as we reach our middle age, and especially for men, it's very easy to become disconnected socially. And what they tell us is, as you grow older, you have to learn to be social, and that's one of their key messages. It's hard to be old sometimes, but it's very hard to be older and isolated. And they say, even if your personality is not that of an extrovert, learn to be social. Stay involved, join into things, and maintain important contacts and relationships. And that's a key to successful aging in the view of America's elders. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Carl Pillimer, a leading gerontologist at Cornell University and the author of a book called 30 Lessons on Living, Tried and True Advice from the Wisest Americans. Dr. Pillimer, another piece of advice that I found interesting was relating to travel and how people don't necessarily travel enough. You know, there were a lot of things in this book which were surprises for me. I was afraid that people might just say the cliches like, work hard or love your children, but they had lessons which I hadn't expected, and this was one of them. I asked the 1,200 elders what they think people their age tend to regret. One of the strongest ones I heard was not traveling enough. In general, their view is to really look back on your life with satisfaction. You ought to pay for experiences over things, and travel is one of the key things. Even the people who traveled extensively Just about everybody said at the end of my interview, I wish I'd taken that one more trip. As one elder told me, look, if you got a choice between a kitchen remodel and a trip, I think you should take the trip. (laughs) That's how important travel was to them. I also offered quite a bit of wisdom on marriage. We could probably do an entire interview just on that, but tell us about that. You know, I think the most interesting and surprising for me is we tend to think opposites attract. And as one of my elders told me, Yeah, sure, opposites attract like Romeo and Juliet, and look how that turned out. (laughs) They argue that one of the things which young people must do is look for someone who is a lot like them, very similar in values in particular. As one woman told me, if you're a big spender, you find somebody who's a big spender. And I don't hear young people saying that often. They say, I have two daughters. I've met a guy who's great looking, has a great job, and a great sense of humor. The elders say you should also be asking, do we share the same values? And on top of that, their second lesson is absolutely never marry somebody believing you can change him or her. In their words, it just doesn't happen. I'm not sure if you delved into this or not, but do they talk at all about risk-taking? Do they look back on their life and say, boy, I wish I had taken that big leap and moved across the country for a new job or something like that? That is a fascinating point. We tend to think of older people's views as more conservative. Over and over, they exhort young people to take a chance. I heard that again and again. They say it really urgently. Try something. Don't be stuck in a box to young people. Older women say that, especially to younger women. 
don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something because you're a woman or that women can't do that or in general that people can't do that. So one of their strongest viewpoints from the end of the life cycle is exactly that. Take a chance, take a risk. As one of them told me, unless you have a very compelling reason to say no to an opportunity, you probably should say yes. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you found very surprising, something that really stood out? You know, I would say that one of the major things which stood out for me as a little bit of a Woody Allen type who can worry about anything is when I asked them about their regrets and how to avoid regrets, I was stunned at how many people said, I wish I hadn't spent so much time worrying about things. And they argue that younger people, either things are going to turn out or they aren't and you can't control it very much. And so many of them said, I'd like to have back every minute I spent needlessly worrying because I poisoned that particular moment. And they were strong. They said, just stop worrying if you can. That had a major impact on me. I find I worry less, and I think that sunk into some of the readers of the book. I would think that what you did here, interviewing older Americans, is something that the average person who has a senior citizen relative could do on their own as well. They could go and ask them for advice and probably pick up some very useful things. You know, you've hit the nail right on the head. And one of my very biggest hopes is that the kinds of conversations I had with 1,200 elders can be replicated by Americans around their dinner table. At the end of the book, I include 10 questions to get the conversation going. And I think that we tend to ask old people their stories. And you can have a much better conversation asking them about their advice asking someone who went through the depression how she held her family together asking someone who went through world war ii how military families ought to live today so you're exactly right i'd like to see everybody asking the advice of the oldest and wisest americans dr carl pillimer from cornell university author of 30 lessons on living tried and true advice from the wisest americans dr pillimer do you have a website where people can learn more You know, it's one of those long handles, so I would suggest if people simply enter into a search engine, Cornell Legacy Project, or the Legacy Project at Cornell, it'll get them to a YouTube channel with videos, a website with lots more lessons, and everything they need to know about the project. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, Americans got slammed by the employment crisis. We'll take a no-hype look at the reasons and how to fix it. That's straight ahead. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.